Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Extra Mile Podcast. This is maybe one of my new favorite episodes because it goes through a lot of the stuff that I get to teach dealerships, whether it's at a boot camp or some other form, and that is the digital marketing practices that are really going to help dealerships be successful. This episode features Dave Greco, who is a small business sales specialist for the Northeast region for FCA's Business Link program. And Dave really goes into some of the nuts and bolts of technology and how to make it work for you and your dealership. And really, we were just scratching the surface. So here's our podcast with Ken Taylor interviewing Dave Greco. Hello and welcome to the Extra Mile, the nation's only podcast for the commercial and fleet automotive industry. Uh, we're experiencing some really difficult times in our nation right now, as you know, with the coronavirus pandemic affecting every area of our lives, both in business and personal. And I am very excited about having a guest today that has got some great answers for us. Uh, he's so knowledgeable on the technical side, uh, also a friend, and I consider him a true problem solver. So you're in for a treat today. Uh, extensive background in technology and sales, uh, and has even appeared on national television. We'll talk more about that. I wanted to welcome uh, Dave Greco with the FCA Group, uh, part of the Business Link program. Dave, welcome to the Extra Mile. Hey, Ken. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, Not a problem. Uh, I think your background is absolutely so incredible for what we're going to be talking about today. So if you could share with our listeners a little bit about your work history. Yeah, sure. Um, thanks again, uh, you know, for having me as well. Um, so my background is not in automotive. I think I'm one of maybe a handful on the team uh, in my organization that don't come from the auto sector. So I, I, I joke with my colleagues sometimes in jest that uh, I know trucks have four wheels and a motor, so don't call me for gear ratios and towing. But um, <laughs> when you want to pick some winners and losers on a P&L or understand how technology impacts the business buying decisions and the human behavior that goes into that, um, that's where I come in. So my background, I was a computer science major in college. I doubled up with marketing. Um, I graduated several years ago, so I won't date myself, um, but a very, very deep technology background in um, SaaS and PaaS, which is software as a service, platform as a service, which is effectively everything that you see if you're using anything like a salesforce.com or commercial truck trader or work truck solutions. Those are all uh, different platforms that, that we have. So I'm the type of guy that I like to say can speak tech and speak executive and mix in a little bit of Spanish along the way too sometimes. Um, so, you know, my dealers tend to get a kick out of that, and, you know, I like to I like to think that I add value by bringing new ideas on the technology side, so happy to uh, answer any questions you have about that. Oh, great. Well, that's absolutely incredible. Uh, and, you know, having that technology background from digital marketing to social media is so important in today's environment. Uh, we get call after call from dealerships about some of the things they're doing we're adding value to them. Uh, uh, they're adding value to us, and, and I know you're going to have some great information. So, you know, we're currently on the back end of a very trying time. And based on what you've seen, what's your advice to a commercial and fleet dealer from a technology standpoint? Yeah, um, get on board if you haven't. Um, number one, because 
you know, ORE, online retailing experience, as we coin it, um, along the way in, in the industry, has really been around for 25-plus years. In other words, you've been able to buy a car online for as long as I can remember, um, but very few people did. So what COVID did, in my opinion, is it forced dealers to go from the rotary phone to a smartphone, and they flipped they, they really skipped on the flip phone generation. And, and that's sort of a story I tell because everything has become digitized and it's forced everybody to become more nimble, quicker, faster, ups or down at stores. E-leads are way up off the charts. Um, so if you're not answering those E-leads or have, have some sort of motor inside your system, whether it's a, a chat box or a text box or a way to capture that lead to engage to an actual human being very quickly within seconds sometimes, you can lose the deal to another buyer um, or to another store rather. And people are, mul- are shopping multiple stores more now than ever on the commercial side. So I find that fascinating um, and incredibly scary for some dealers because I think the ones that, are, that may be left behind are the ones that think, that that's not here to stay, and those are some of the ones that are probably still saying the internet's a fad. So um, I go tongue in cheek with, with with some folks like that sometimes, but it's definitely here to stay. And I think Corona just frankly scared the heck out of everybody. Oh, without a doubt. You know, it, it's interesting, Dave. I was on the phone with one of my dealers today in California, and he had uh, co-op dollars uh, left over, and he uh, went to his owner and said, "Hey." I want to use these, but I'm going to use them all for uh, tech. You know, we do a newsletter for them. Uh, they have a great commercial fan page. Uh, they have a presence on LinkedIn. They use Instagram. And he poured all that money into, you know, uh, you know, supercharging, you know, some of his messages. And they're having a record month because of what they've been able to do on that tech side. So what you're saying is, is I think, the wave of the future, Dave. So, you know, you've been in a lot of dealerships. Could, could you share with our audience kind of what separates the successful commercial fleet dealers from the rest, kind of a, a good, better, and best, and then relate that to technology? Absolutely. So uh, a, a good store uh, versus a best store is going to probably look and sound and feel something something like this. So, a good store is probably going to have um, you know a decent web page, some sort of web presence with updated links. There's nothing broken along the way. In other words, when you're clicking on things, you're trying to find somebody's phone number. But most importantly, they've got a really good mobile site. So. I joke because the only people that are using their laptops and PCs are guys like you and me or when I'm inside a dealership and I'm sitting at the sales tower and I'm trying to review something. But your customers that are coming in are probably looking at whatever it is they're looking at, um, you know, a car, a truck, or what have you, uh, on their smartphone. And if you're not above the fold, which is before you have to scroll up on your phone, 65% of your, your message is already lost. So I think good dealers have already figured that out. Um, a good dealer might have one of the next three, like a LinkedIn page or a Facebook page or an Instagram account for people in the store. They probably don't have a, a company if they're a multi-roof OEM um, 
or if they're just a single OEM, they may not have uh, a LinkedIn branded page, which I think is a huge mistake, and it's just so easy to do. And, um, you know, I think the best stores out there have a dedicated commercial team, have, have a plan, have goals, have it written down. They keep score. If they can't track it, it doesn't count. Um, they've reverted to uh, siphoning out dollars out of traditional media like TV and radio, and they've put those into digital. So not necessarily new spend. It's the same spend. It's just spent differently. Um, but you can, with digital, whether it's an ad or an email or uh, how many times an email is opened or what's called a Facebook redirect, which are those ads when you're on Facebook that pop up and seem to know what you're looking for. Um, those are Facebook redirects. We could track all that stuff now. So I know what you're thinking before you do. I mean, think of your Amazon Alexa or um, your Google apps that you might you might have, whether it be at home or your ring doorbell. I mean, everything has become so systematized where I can walk down the aisle in my local grocery store, and my phone will ding and tell me which cereal that I like is on sale. So I think that relates back to the car and truck world very, very easily. But I think succinctly, dealers that are going to be quick to adopt and change are going to win. And the ones that try and keep it the same old way and just wait for COVID to pass, because this too shall pass, I do believe that, um, eventually, are, are just going to be left behind. And I think you might actually see a consolidation across the entire industry. Um, you know, just having several stores being closed over 100 days, um, I've seen many have finan- financial distress where, you know, I-, I was shocked by some of the numbers I saw. So it's just a really interesting time to be in the business. Uh, all over the board. We're getting more calls from people suddenly deciding that, you know, we've been doing it the old-fashioned way. And it's time to get into the next century. And our phone's been ringing off the hook. So you are dead on. I mean, dead on. If, if you could, uh, let's say you're going into a dealership and they wanted to ask you, Dave, what are the three things, if we can only do three things, uh, from a technology standpoint, uh, we've already got a website. Uh, you know, we could probably improve it. What would what three things would you recommend to a dealer who's saying, "Hey, we're on board now. We want to get into this, uh, you know, technology age." Dave, what do we need to do? What three things? I would say number one is um, start recognizing folks that are on a social media platform like Facebook. In other words, have your people check in uh, when they come into work. Hey, you know, I've checked in to XYZ dealership for the day. Um, because what you're trying to build is content. So think of it as we're trying to go wide before we go deep. So I think number one would be have some sort of means to, quote, unquote, check in when you get to work. Um, and stop penalizing people for being on social media during the day because I can't tell you how many times I've been in a dealership where I've seen either a general manager or a dealer principal or a sales manager walk by somebody and either shake their head or call somebody out for being on you know, Twitter or Facebook or, or whatever. Um, when they should be rewarding that um, in the right way. So taking that to the next level, number two would be take more videos. And they just need to be authentic. So just take your phone out of your pocket and do a walk around on a vehicle. And the more sirens, the more background noise, the more banging and cheering in the background, I think the better. I don't think you need to go out and hire a really expensive video crew and make it super fancy. 
Um, I just think it has to be legitimate. I think it needs to be less than 30 seconds, and it's super easy to upload that and create your own YouTube page where you can share it on other platforms, um, and you can create different feeds that can plug into other stuff, and you don't have to be a computer science major to do this stuff. Number three would be what I would say, and this scares the heck out of dealers, but, but then they laugh when I tell them the secret, is hire a social media director, somebody who can be responsible for the content because it really is a full-time job of yes. who's going to manage your Facebook, who's going to manage your LinkedIn, who's going to manage your Twitter, who's going to touch your TikTok, which is the new big thing. And they look at me like I'm crazy. They're like, Dave, I can't afford that. I'm like, well, hang on a second. That's really a college intern that could probably be, and I mean an undergrad, like a freshman or a sophomore, that could be working oh, yeah. for 10 or 15 bucks an hour doing that for you from their dorm room. If you just gave them, here's the 10 things you want them to talk about this week, everything is a piece of content. Hey, here's a picture of uh, me in my car or me in my truck with my dog or I'm at the beach or I'm in the mountains or whatever. Insert you know whatever cause is important to you and capture that in a video moment and little snippets go a long way. Uh, you are so dead on. Uh, when we go into a dealership, one of the first things they, we require them to do is set up a separate corporate LinkedIn page for commercial, a page for on their Facebook for a fan page. We put them on that, and we set up a commercial YouTube channel, and we actually buy them a microphone. It's called the Love Hey Mic. It's a Bluetooth mic that collects that connects to your smartphone. And it is incredible. And they have to start doing getting video testimonials. They have to start doing video walk-arounds. One of our customers, uh, got in Keith Couch, uh, I, I will not mention the dealership, this different brand, um, but uh, he started following that. And he was doing a really good job on it. And we got a call from him two months ago, Dave. He, he said, I got a strange email from Google. They wanted to know where to put the money. And I go, what are you talking about? <laughs> he said, they said uh, they put ads on my uh, on my on my uh, YouTube, and on one of my on one of my trucks, I got seventy thousand hits, and they had forty three hundred dollars. They wanted to know where to deposit. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, it, it it really is real. And you know, just as early this as this morning, I was reading a, a widely read just regular popula population um, type report. I won't, I won't mention it on here because some people are, are, are very against it and others are for it, but basically a newspaper online. And it, it, one of the biggest things that's coming out is the 5G network, which just means faster Internet connectivity. Now, there's a lot of other things that go into that, but the ability to just think about when it was the old modem dial-up days where you lost your Internet connection trying to, log into your fantasy baseball team to what we have today, right? And it's just going to keep getting better. In other words, technology is not waiting for anybody, so we may, as well, we may as well embrace it versus fight it. And I think the dealers that embrace it and figure out new ideas and create new strategies around it, and these aren't things that they have to wait for their marketing agency to do or, again, have some sort of super savvy Internet wizard come in and do. These are things that you can just do off of your iPhone or your whatever smartphone you have. I happen to have an iPhone, so it's pretty easy, to your point, take a microphone and connect it via Bluetooth to do a walk-around video, and a fire truck goes by. Who cares? It's authentic, right? 
people are pretty happy usually when they when they go buy something new and they want to tell others. So just getting a, a simple testimonial of "I love my new truck. Look at this thing. Look what it has. It's, it it can it can lift X amount of pounds. It can tow Y amount of payload." People love talking about that stuff. So why not capture those moments? And we live in moments, right? And, and, and they get shorter and shorter and shorter, but they're so easily uploadable that I think so many people just miss the mark. I mean, we go into dealerships and I see lots of pictures still, which is great. And I think it's still great to have pictures on your website versus text because the internet thinks in a different way than we do logically. Like, you know, when you type red house into Google, why do red houses pop up? Well, there's a science behind that. So I think the more videos that you have, um, that actually internalizes at Google when they go to run their algorithms, the more videos you you have on your website, on your di- on your dealer page, actually increases your organic results. And it's yes. really easy to do, and it's really, Ken, that simple. It doesn't have to be more mm-hmm. complex. I, I always say, it's a bowl of vanilla ice cream. Don't make it a hot fudge sundae. <laughs> you are you're so dead on. You know, it, it's funny, Dave. We... You know, we do our, our boot camps live, and now we're starting to do virtual. But I can't tell you how many people have signed up for our uh, on-site boot camp because they went to YouTube or they went to Google and they typed in commercial truck training. We popped up, and the thing that pops up first are we've done over 175 video testimonials, people talking about how great our boot camps are. And we're getting a third of our audience that attends those straight from YouTube. I mean, it really is the second biggest source that folks go to to authenticate what they think they already know. And what I mean by that is they typically go to Google first and search for something. And then they go right to YouTube, whether you're looking for a recipe on how to barbecue chicken tonight or which truck I should get and why. They typically do it in that order, so it, it, it's here to stay. I mean, there, there's a reason why Google bought YouTube, and and there's constant acquisitions going on in the tech space, which I think are fascinating. And they're smaller and smaller companies, and the impacts of things like wearables, so um, smartwatches, for example. Um, yep. You know, I was I was watching my son's baseball practice. He plays competitive baseball. He's 15, and. Um, one of the, the the head coach was communicating with other coaches that weren't there via his Apple Watch and probably telling them, like, hey, it's time to stop. It looks like a storm's rolling in, right? Or, hey, you know, is that snowstorm really going to affect us today? I live in the Northeast, so, you know, some days it's snowing, and 10 hours later it's 55 degrees out. It's sort of a weird climate. But the the application of wearables in the office, I'm starting to see more and more of, and just quicker, better, faster communication just across the board. And it really goes beyond um, the auto sector. I mean, it really impacts every single part of our lives today, and you just can't ignore it. Uh, shades of the old Dick Tracy comic books when <laughs> they had uh, video watches. Uh, oh, for sure, for sure. 30 years Forty years ago, so it's absolutely crazy. Well, I know you've probably got a couple of success stories with some of your dealers uh, that have kind of embraced this and have gotten some positive results out of that. Is there any that you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, sure. I think you know one that's fairly recent. Um, I think you're always going to have a piece of your population that are going to read things like newspapers and magazines, and that's why they exist. Um, the bulk majority of people, I think, today are on something like a smartphone or an iPad or something like that. 
But I had a dealer come to me looking for co-op spend for um, commercial marketing, and they wanted to do a billboard that they were positioned very well on a major interstate highway um, with lots of traffic and, you know, a lot of stop-and-go traffic on a traditional morning, like pre- and hopefully post-COVID. And it was about ten grand of a spend, so not, not something outrageous. And they said, look, you know, can you help us? And I said, sure, but I need you to answer a couple of things for me. And they said, okay. And I said, well, how many people drive on that road? And how many people look at that? And how many people are actually going to engage with you because of that billboard? And they couldn't answer any of those three questions. And I didn't do it to embarrass them. I did it to prove a point. And I said, let's think of that billboard differently. Let's take that same $10,000 and let's spread it over 10 months and basically dollar cost average into the market with a digital medium. And we'll do a mix of Facebook ads, and we'll do a mix of email blasts, and then when the person opens an email, we'll do a retargeting blast, and I'll be able to show you very quickly, Mr. Dealer, how many times that email was opened, and how many times that was dumped into your CRM system as either a live lead or a dead lead, and oh, by the way, did you sell something from that? So we can then keep score, and that's where you start to get what I call the donkey nod at the table. They're like, all right, that kind of makes sense. I still like the idea of the billboard, but I sort of like that idea better because I can keep score. So, again, hope's not a strategy. Like putting up a billboard and hoping somebody's going to see it, of course they're going to see it, but are they going to engage on it? I don't know, maybe. Um, I think they still have a place in the world, but I think by redirecting those dollars in that situation is a winner all day. And I like things that I can keep score of. Um, I, I track everything. Um, we have metrics beyond metrics where I work um, and where in, in what you do, Ken, and, and what we all preach. And, you know, we track the amount of ups in a store, so why wouldn't we want to track the amount of uh, leads to closes and closes to referrals? And, you know, the game can sort of be endless. So I think that's just a real applicable story that most dealers can relate to. Oh, absolutely. We... They have a very simple formula because they'll ask us about, well, how should we be marketing? I said, well, let's let's answer one question first, or let's make a statement. And that statement always to the dealer is, if you can't track it, you need to question if you should be doing it. And and we get them on the social media, on the trackability. Uh, the newsletters we do, uh, everything's trackable. When we do a newsletter for a dealer, or we do it for the individuals in the dealer. They don't know we exist, but we send them a report. How many opens did you have? How many forwards did you have? Uh, you know, who do you need to contact right now? And it's amazing, you know, how we can do focused, targeted marketing uh, through technology. So you are dead on. You are absolutely yeah. You know, and I would even take it one step further that if you can't quantify it for a dealer, and what I mean by that is if you can't put a dollar sign, a percentage, or a date on it then it doesn't count. And it really is that simple. Uh, it really is. It really is. And that's what, you know, we, we look at this COVID virus situation as a game changer for the better and that dealerships are now starting to wake up and finding out that, you know, we need to leverage that technology. And that's going to be our wave to the future. And we're having uh, our dealerships that we're actively working with have to make 10 telephone calls per day to their customer. They also have to send, you know, 10 digital uh, emails out, you know, just making sure they're okay. You know, we're just trying to stay in contact. So it's absolutely crazy. But everything you said is is 
the future, the now and the future of commercial and fleet sales. So yeah, for sure. And and, and don't dismiss the effectiveness of texting in general. So for example, yeah. I cover four states in the Northeast: Connecticut, New York, Mass, and um, Rhode Island, which are relatively small states, but we're geographically blessed where I've got stores on top of each other versus, you know, maybe some of the flyover states that might be listening in and you might have eight hours between stores. I might have eight minutes between stores where I've literally have dealers on top of each other from the same OEM. And then you have, and then you also have all the competing OEMs that are in those same spaces. So geographically, um, when I want to, when I want to talk to somebody and get a, a quick message across or just give somebody a heads up about something or ask a quick question, Text is best. It really is the most effective way still to communicate, um, and regardless of age. So whether I'm talking to somebody who is a dealer principal and they may be in their 70s or 80s, or I'm talking to a brand-new salesperson who might be 18 to 23, I mean, certainly certainly they are. So I think people discount that, and they're, they're quick to – it's very easy to forward me to your voicemail. It's a little harder to disregard the text. Because it's kind of sitting there, and I can keep lighting you up if I really want to, and really annoy you at it until you answer me, which is kind of, which is kind of what I do sometimes when I really need to get an answer. But reversely, I, my dealers are trained, and they, and they know that that's the best way to get me because they know I'm not ignoring them. Because if I'm not picking up my phone and they can't catch me live, then they go right to my text because I'm probably sitting with another dealer. So. Ten years ago, you would have called me rude in that meeting if I pulled up my phone and answered a text. Now you just call me a multitasker. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, you know, I, I always say in my seminar, what is the one thing that you, you're you 15 minutes away from the house, you, you left, and you forgot one thing. What's the one thing you'll always go back for? And it's that so, It's always your phone. I always say I'd, I'd rather lose my wallet than my phone. <laughs> Amen. So it's good. Well, let's get a little bit on the personal side. I understand that you've had an appearance on national television. Yes, uh, several actually. So um, several years ago in 2012, I was featured on Shark Tank. I had a sales training and marketing company um, that I've since sold. And um, I used my – I used to help people just try and figure out better ways to get into meetings with executives um, in past lives. That was sort of my – my, the tech side of what I used to do in terms of uh, calling on CEOs um, and CFOs and CIOs of different size companies that are, you know, global in nature. And, um, you know, one night I was having a drink with somebody and, and it was one of my friends and he's like, you know, Dave, I'm having a tough time getting in uh, in the door. And I said, well, did you try this? Did you try that? Did you try this? And they're like, no. And they came back in a couple weeks later and they're like, man, that worked. Man. And they were joking around. They said, you should write a book. And that's kind of, that was the genesis of it. So basically I created a, a sales training and marketing system, if you will, that's muscle confusion on purpose. Purpose. If you remember the old P90X workout system, it was it was sort of that back in the day in, in 2012. And I have um, the DVD in my garage. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a great workout. But I mean, it's plyometrics. It's confusing your muscles. It's not doing the same workout twice, basically. Um, and it's sort of, hey, if you attack your, and I use the word attack um, purposely because it's sort of a shock and awe treatment of trying to get into the prospect because ask any decent salesperson uh hey how, how are you going to sell more stuff and they're going to say well you know get me in the room and get me out of the way so effectively i created a system to help get you in the room so i call it the pete rose system of sales so whether you're for or against pete rose is you know indifferent at this point but people know that he have that are baseball fans 
uh, which I'm a huge baseball fan, know that he has the most hits in baseball, more than Ty Cobb, but they forget the second stat, which I think is even more important, and that's he had the most at-bats. So if you have more quality at-bats, you're going to sell more stuff. So you want to make more money, you can, have, you, you can really only do two things. You either have to sell more or sell bigger. So sell fewer things that are just more expensive or lots of things that are less expensive. And at some point on either side, you're going to hit critical mass, and then it becomes a matter of can I scale, can I replicate that, that type of model. So um, that was featured on Shark Tank. My, my agenda going in was unless they were going to buy my company, um, I wasn't going to really ink a deal, so I turned down a few offers on the show and um, sold, sold my company to a private equity firm uh, shortly thereafter. And the cool thing about that and where I live in Connecticut is every venture in VC and private equity group is pretty much within driving distance of my house. So um, it, it was sort of a unique time, and people still bring it up, and I get stopped every once in a while. So it's kind of cool to talk about. So real quick, what, what does Dave Greco do in his free time? What do you do for fun? Uh, well, I like to try and keep myself in decent shape, so I work out a fair amount. Um, I love to road bike. Um, uh, I, I had an un- unfortunate situation where I actually got hit by a car a couple months ago, so that kind of sidelined me. But love to road bike. Um, love anything baseball. Um, my son plays, so that comes first. I love watching him. Um, I also love actually collecting sports memorabilia. Um, wow. And... and Anything that's rare or unique will catch my attention. So on a weekend, um, you can find me at a card show. Um, if I have some time or I'm driving by uh, a Target, sometimes I'll run in and I'll, I'll open up a pack of cards or I'll save them and I'll, I'll open them with my kids or my family. And um, I just I, I love numbers and how it all sort of synthesizes together and the data that goes behind it. But I don't get too heady and too nerdy about it. But um, yeah, just I, I try and keep it simple. I also love to cook, so that kind of makes my uh, keeping in shape sometimes hard because I like to cook so much. But um, I'm trying to master uh, barbecuing this summer and uh, doing different types types of meats like smoking and uh, like briskets and wings and things like that. Which I've you know I've made plenty of hockey pucks this summer. It seems I haven't really made anything that's been that's been edible but i've had a lot of fun and spent a lot of money along the way but it's been fun it's been a good summer room you know enjoying the time with the family for sure and um that's one of the strategic byproducts i think that was uh born from covid is i'm really enjoying the time with my kids i have one that's about to go off to college and another one that's really close behind her and um just that extra time with them is just precious you know you, you just you just can't replace time Oh, absolutely. You know, there's a plus for everything, and that's what we try to preach to our clients. And same thing, I've gotten, uh, uh, I made a commitment to call uh, five old friends every day, and yesterday I had lunch with, I used to be a high school coach, I had lunch with one of my high school athletes who ran track and played football for me, and he is 62 years old right now. (laughs) That dates me, Dave. (laughs) Well, you know, Ken, I think if you take that and that coaching mentality, um, effectively what I do in my job is I teach and I coach and I mentor uh, car dealerships in lots of ways. And I start off almost every presentation in one way or another with the same three things I did when I coached baseball for 15 years. And I played for 15 years before that um, at a very high level. And, And it's one is hustle. Two is be on time, right? Sometimes kids that can't drive can't, can't be on time, but most people that work can. And be a good teammate. Those three things 
one, don't cost you anything, right? And two, take absolute minimal effort. The rest, the other 50%, you're going to figure out when you get on whatever field it is you're going to play. So if you're going into work at the car dealership or you're going on the field, the other 50%, either, either you have the goods to do the job or you don't. But your boss is going to appreciate if you're on time and you hustle and you're a good person while you're there. And I really believe that. And I, and I think that's, that's why I try and live my life. That's what I try and teach my kids. And I think it's just so important just to keep it simple, right? Uh, treat people how you want to be treated. If you can do it, great. And if you can't, tell them. Uh, and tell them why. You, you know, so some, instead of just saying, no, I can't co-op that, I tell them why. You know, I can't co-op that right now because COVID shut down our budgets. Um, but I promise I'll get back to you when I can. Um, hopefully they free up at some point. So, um, you know, give it, I think answering the why and giving them the impact behind what it is they're doing is even more important. Oh, absolutely. Well, that was a very fast 45 minutes. <laughs> well, Ken, I appreciate the time and uh, flattered you reached out and um, always good to speak to you. Oh, my pleasure, too. I mean, uh, you, know, you do such a great job at what you do and so much of that, uh, with you is attitude. Uh, like I said in the very beginning, you are a, a true problem solver. Uh, when if someone's got an issue, you're going to work your very best to make it right, to make it work. So really appreciate you joining us for the Extra Mile Podcast, and uh, thank you so much. Uh, Dave, uh, amazing, my friend. Great Appreciate job. it. Thanks again, Ken. Dave, thank you so much for joining us on the Extra Mile Podcast. That was a wonderful listen and something that I would recommend to every single person that we come in contact with because if it's not the way of now, it is certainly the way of the future. And all of these different digital marketing mediums that you mentioned and more are efforts that dealerships can make that will truly make a difference. And like you guys talked about in the piece, you can track every single one of them and know where the dollars are very well spent. So guys, thank you so much for joining us for this edition of the Extra Mile Podcast. As a reminder, we've got an ultimate boot camp coming up in August, the 17th through the 19th in Jacksonville, Florida. As I'm recording this, we are heading into the weekend before we start our first ultimate boot camp off of COVID starting Monday, July 20th. And we are very, very excited about where that event is going to go for the remainder of the year. So thank you for being with us and have a great rest of your day.